0: Once you perfect this technique, you can control anything or
1: anyone.
0: But to reach inside someone and control them? I don't know if I want that kind of power. The choice is not yours. The power exists. And it's your duty to use the gifts you've been given to win this war. Katara, they tried to wipe us out, our entire culture. Your mother! I know then you should understand what I'm talking about. We're the last waterbenders of the Southern Tribe. We have to fight these people whenever we can, wherever they are with any means necessary. It's
1: you. You're the one who's making people disappear during the full moons.
0: They threw me in prison to rot, along with my brothers and sisters. They deserve the same. You must carry on my work flameo hotman. hotman welcome
1: to the Ember island podcast this is the show where two fans of avatar the last airbender talk about every single episode i'm leslie and i'm barbara and today we will be talking about book three chapter eight the puppet master for
0: technically,
1: yeah, this yeah, this one's actually spooky. Technically, we're talking about this one for the second time because we tried to record it once, and then you know, technology decided to be stupid and corrupted our audio files. So
0: but, we're doing it again. But <laughs> I realized something that I just overlooked the first time. So so this is a so this is a new and improved Barbara.
1: Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So this is the puppet master 2.0. This is a solid episode, uh, especially for Guitara, especially coming off of um what was the other one Painted lady uh, I think this one is significantly better episode for Guitara and yeah, before we get into it, want to talk about spoilers
0: yes so uh so this entire podcast assumes that you have watched uh watched. Every episode before this episode and this episode we will be spoiling everything everything that happens in past Avatar episodes and and some future Avatar episodes possibly so heavy heavy spoilers ahead
1: All right so to sum up what this episode is this is the one where the gang Encounters a mysterious old woman in the Fire Nation who turns out to actually be from the Southern Water Tribe and is very excited to teach Katara her ways. Little do they know that there's also a string of mysterious disappearances from the townspeople in the area that could possibly be linked to her.
0: And just like in Scooby Doo, the only people that could have <laughs> possibly done it are the ones that are named. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Surely not the old woman who came out of the woods in the middle of the night while they were telling ghost stories.
0: Oh no, not no, at all.
1: no, no! Of course not. No, <laughs> we don't need to question that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, so uh, I love the way that this episode starts. So it's it starts- oh, actually, can we
1: talk talk about the previously on quick? Yeah, yeah. I like the previously ons here. It's just a nice flashback to a bunch of stuff. Like we get. Uh, Flashback all the way back from book one, episode one, talking about how Katara is like the only waterbender left in the South Pole and stuff. And then like other stuff, seeing how Katara has
0: been waterbending.
1: Yeah. So like swamp style, uh, sweat style. (laughs) Yeah. And it's
0: and and it works really well because it shows Katara's evolution in into a master where at the very beginning she couldn't really water bend all that, all that much at all. And then she's figuring out ways how to harness her own sweat.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so I got to ask you, how did
1: you ever speculate about bloodbending potentially being a thing prior to this episode?
0: Cause I didn't personally. Uh, I, I didn't speculate. Uh, on bloodbending itself but after the sweat episode i could definitely see people taking water from from the air or taking water from other plants and then just harnessing that but i never yeah but i but but i never made like the like swampy vine connection come comparing it to people
1: mm-hmm, yeah I was an impressionable 13 year old or something like that was not thinking about bloodbending at all probably no uh yeah but yeah so we opened this episode with lackluster ghost stories from Sokka <laughs> but oh. nice way to set the tone they're in the middle of the woods it is kind of creepy I Sokka's trying to be creepy but not successful uh,
0: well uh first Sokka only knows four stories uh so uh <laughs> from after you have heard them you have, yeah. you have heard them they aren't
1: so spooky anymore I just and- love that like no I mean none of them sounded spooky anyway what because Ang's like uh, I'm a man
0: this with the, the knife for a hand <laughs> <Woo. laughs>
1: like great <laughs> so yeah yeah not great uh Toph <laughs> replies with Water Tribe slumber parties must stink. <laughs>
0: <Fair>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the way that this episode starts, though, where, where there's, like, creepy music box music. There is a, like, almost full moon raining down on them. You see, like, the fire lilies, which it just looks like a field of blood because it's so, like, spooky. And it... And, and it's just setting this episode up to be a horror movie. They... They do so many horror movie tropes throughout this whole thing that it's that it's really doing a like a kind of cabin in the woods. Uh do you do, do you know these horror these the these horror tropes because like we love horror movies type of thing where it's like laughing with itself. Yeah. And Saka with, with his bad stories yeah so
1: nobody's impressed um Katara proceeds to tell a story that supposedly happened to her mom with like a creepy girl named Mimi who's trying to get warm and breaks into people's houses
0: it's so cold I can't feel my toes (laughs) I can't get warm (laughs) I can't get warm
1: (laughs) I got it in the battle between the water yeah <laughs> In the battle between the Water Tribe sibling horror uh, horror storytelling skills, I think Katara is a little bit better <laughs> at it. <laughs> at least she does voices <laughs> with her stories.
0: And it's, um, and there's a oh oh okay so um Katara's story does does the perfect thing that you that that you should do, which is. Don't explain anything. Give them mystery and make it realistic to a point where like you can see this as as real 90% of the way in. And then when there's a frozen ghost girl, that, that might be there, might be not, might just be a figment of her mom's imagination, but somehow still lights the fire in... In their house, it it's viscerally scary. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah. So that one's a bit more creepier, a a bit more creepy. And all of a sudden, here comes Toph to lighten the mood some more. (laughs) She thinks she hears voices in the mountain.
0: Under the mountain screaming. (laughs) Great. And then it (laughs) stops. This is, uh, this is baby shoes never worn type of type of one line of spook uh,
1: yeah so that's great just everyone's freaked out and then just the cherry on top here comes a creepy old woman coming out of the woods from nowhere after hearing human screaming not yeah. sketch at all and yet for some reason the gang doesn't question any of it <laughs> so
0: the comma Hama, who is the innkeeper, is like, "Oh, uh, hello, random people in the woods. Uh, why don't random kids come- in the woods? <laughs> yeah, random children in the woods. Why don't you come to my inn and let's not talk about paying me? Uh, get out of the cold. Also, uh, I wasn't overhearing your your like spooky story at all, and I wasn't." not going to kill you because you mentioned you're from the water tribe.
1: Yeah. Yikes. Oh, gosh. You think she could be coming in that direction? Uh, because she initially had the intent to kill them? Because that, well, be creep- that would be scary.
0: Toph hears screaming under the well, Yeah.
1: Mountain. I they just figured are... it was because she was nearby and she happened to hear them. Well, I mean, because she was terrorizing the other people in the mountain.
0: They are close enough to the mountain to hear the screaming. Hama was was going there to either check on the people there or to just make sure no one's prowling around. And then you see these random fire nation dress children in the woods that are easy picking. She she doesn't need to she doesn't need to bring them down to the bottom of the mountain to get rid of a problem. I'm not saying that she was definitely going to kill them. I'm saying that it's a possibility. <laughs> Yikes. So yeah,
1: she invites them to come to her and she's like, yeah, you guys really shouldn't be out there on full moons, especially because there's been a string of disappearances on full moon days nights. For and like whatever. I reason. love that because she's just bragging about killing people in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, and then naturally nobody bothers to question what was she doing out there in the middle of the woods on a full name full moon. No. But <laughs> uh yeah. So she's really ominous about it and then she's just like, yeah, who wants more tea? I'm like, thank you. <laughs> um, so Sokka's freaked out, rightfully so, and thinks he's gonna be unable to sleep through the night and <laughs> just jump cut to him drooling on a pillow, which yeah, is and then me. just falling
0: off the bed. Uh,
1: So relatable. That's me. Anytime I watch a horror movie, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. And I just pass out. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) Uh, Um, Yeah. So then the next day they go shopping. And Katara is becoming fast friends with Hama. And
0: uh, you would have me use my feminine charms to take advantage of that poor man. (laughs) i I, I think you and i will get along swimmingly (laughs)
1: yeah uh, and so while they're out and about they hear more buzz about how people should avoid going out during this full moon not creepy and uh then they proceed to go back to hama's house while she continues to finish up some last minute shopping, Aaron things that she needs to do. And Sokka, the cynic to the rescue, because he starts to think that something's up with this woman. So let's go um, inspect her house without her
0: permission. <laughs> um, uh, before that, Aang and, Aang and Sokka come to the conclusion that they think that the people disappearing in the full moon is another spirit spirit problem so um so um they basically think that it is another hay bai uh, another angry spirit yeah. uh that is that is just kidnapping people to the to to the spirit world and once uh-huh. they make the spirit happy again all of the people will come back and yeah. they, and they just have to figure out what kind of geological or or just ecological feature is dirty and, and just clean it
1: yeah. up. I love how casual it is now. We're just like, we just got to figure out whatever pissed off some spirit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Avatar style.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that may not be the case this time around. But uh, especially Kasaka thinks that maybe there's something up with Hama herself and then proceeds to go inspect it, uh, every inch of her house. They open a cabinet containing a bunch of creepy puppets who look exactly like the townspeople. That's not creepy at all. No, like, no. Hama has
0: H- Hama has not been using those to like practice to like practice blood bending at all. Y- yeah, uh, like if I
1: saw that, I would be running for the fucking hills. <laughs> like, what? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: which, um, which I'm um, yet again. I love the puppets because that's such a horror movie trope. Yeah, I'm just like. How None of you guys like, are phased by
1: this? Like, because Katara just justifies... Yeah. Because then Katara just justifies it. Like, well, she just has a hobby. I'm
0: like, what? Okay. Like... So, I love Katara, but but I have said mm-hmm. this before. Katara's very, very adamant to go with her first impression of things. Yeah. <laughs> and Katara decided that Hama's great. Hama's uh-huh. like grandgram. gram
1: Yeah. Awesome. Uh-huh. So, even though, uh, also, Sokka brings up the fact, what was up with her weird, creepy line? You know, mysterious town for mysterious children. Like, okay, yikes. So, you know, unfazed by the creepy voodoo puppets, they proceed to look around some more. And they find a door with a lock. And peeking inside the lock, they notice that there's just, like, a lone box in the middle of this empty room. (laughs) And, <laughs> um,
0: and Toph Toff plays D&D because, yeah. because she is just like, oh, I bet that it is treasure.
1: yeah <laughs> Sokka's like, yep, <laughs> you got me there. So this lock must be pretty huge if Sokka is able to pick it with his sword. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. um And then they get in and <laughs>
0: the weirdest room why do you have a big empty room with it with a chest in the middle if it isn't a trap or a mimic right
1: like i'm assuming she ensnares a lot of her people who she takes to the mountain via this inn that she runs so like people just come stay at the inn assuming that she's a sweet old woman and then she jumps them but maybe some of these people might come across this room too just i don't know like <laughs> yeah. Why else would it be in the middle of a? Is it just bait? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah.
0: I mean, I understand it's important to her, but like. And the just, keyhole's large enough that we can clearly see into the room. Yeah, it's weird.
1: So they get in, they get this box. It also has a lock on it, but here comes Deus Ex Toff, who is a rogue with like plus yeah. eight lock picking. Really though, she lock picks, proficiency. She takes her space bangle, which isn't even Earth, by the way, and mul- and molds it into a lockpick. Which how does she? I mean, is she able to just feel the box
0: and like feel yes. where all the tumblers are and stuff? Like, so I think that she molds it into a key, and then she's basically pushing it out to fill the space where the key should should. Should go within the lock, I guess. yeah, but I mean this is basically making a mold of the inside of the lock tumblers, yeah. I guess I just I find a little it's
1: hard not to be a little skeptical about how she does this because, <laughs> like she can't see the shape of the lock, but the first on the first try, she sticks the makeshift lock pick in there. No problem.
0: I mean, she can hear it with by like tapping it echo location. Uh, yeah. top is. Toph is a wizard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, you so, can hear people screaming
1: under the mountain. Yeah. So anyway, they get the box open. Just when they're about to open it, here comes Hama in creepy horror fashion from behind. Oh, <laughs> I like um, the faces that um, the gang makes. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs>
0: when so I, so I love this scene specifically because um, Toph, Sokka, and are. Are like all for lock of, are, yeah. Are all for lock picking this box, uh, Katara, as we could
1: see from the runaway episode last time. They're totally cool with illegal activity.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Katara's not really fine with it until they get it open, and then she's, <laughs> and then she's all in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's open. You might as well, right? At that point, right? <laughs> yeah. So. They're all freaking out.
0: I love that detail
1: because it's because it's so good. <laughs> right? That's great. And so then they get caught. Their reactions are priceless. Um, I like Toph's reaction the best. <laughs> she just looks apathetic but still slightly freaked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Sokka looks guilty. Yeah. They all look pretty guilty. And Hama tells them what's inside the box. And here comes this water tribe comb. And, again, the reactions are... Great because Toph obviously can't see it, so she's just like, Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it turns out to be a water tribe comb, therefore, Hama is now revealing herself to be from the southern water, Pri- water tribe, and Katara is so elated. Katara's smitten, absolutely. And so, Hama explains that she was out for longer because she wanted to surprise them with a water tribe themed food fest um a big dinner Mm -hmm. and because she overheard them talking about the ghost stories and she was able to deduce that they're from the water tribe and i'm like here comes episode 167 of (laughs) the gang
0: is terrible disguises (laughs) blending in (laughs) this time no one figures out Aang is the (laughs) avatar True. This what might be like, one yeah. of the only episodes where Aang isn't like, I'm actually the Avatar. Even That's though true. him and Sokka were talking about being the avatar and doing like spirit spirit stuff in like the middle of the grocery store, the mm-hmm. middle of town.
1: Yep. I'm just like, there had to have been at least one episode in this string of uh the first half of book three where they're in disguise. Where they managed to get through a whole town without anybody figuring out what who they are. Ugh, I hate to say it. I don't it's think it happened. <laughs> I don't think it happened.
0: Painted it it lady.
1: No. Well, they straight up revealed themselves there.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crap. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, they reveal themselves at the end. Boo. <laughs> so yeah, they
1: they suck. Um yeah, so I I that love really the sucks.
0: The Fire Nation's not good at tracking people. No, they're not. <laughs> so I love
1: the continuity here, though, because Hama talks about how she's gonna make her version of uh, sea sea prunes, and Aang is mortified because if uh, you recall, she's not from, <laughs> No, because <laughs> if you recall from like one of two genuinely bad episodes in the whole show. Bato of the water tribe. tribe. (laughs) Yeah. He had to eat the sea prunes uh, with Bato and Katara and Sokka there. And his face has basically become a moon at that point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They didn't look very good either. And I don't like prunes to begin with, so I don't blame them.
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: yeah, this is the only acceptable throwback to Bato of the water tribe that I will allow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So cut to them. The prunes (laughs) are as... Are are as bad as Bando of the water trade. Yeah, that's
1: true, <laughs> and I love it because uh, then we cut to them eating, and Ang's whispering to Toph like, "I stay I stay clear of the sea prunes," <laughs> and uh, Toph's like, "I thought they were ocean kumquats. Close enough." <laughs> sure. And they uh, do not look good. No, they don't. <laughs> so. Then Hama reveals that she's also... Not only is she from the Southern Water Tribe, but she's also a waterbender. And, I mean, Katara is basically just shitting herself at this point. Like, holy shit. She thought she was the only one left. And... Yeah, but at the same time, like, while she's super excited, obviously this is just gonna blind her to Hama's obviously creepy tendency... tendencies <laughs> for a bit. I mean, she does figure it out eventually, but, like takes her a bit mm. so then they ask what are you doing all the way in the fire nation how this happen?" and so she proceeds to talk about how basically all the waterbenders were wiped out in the southern water tribe and we get a flashback to back when like the southern water tribe was thriving it had a lot of people in it yeah <laughs> and uh there were like fortifications and stuff It looked like a smaller version of the Northern Water Tribe. In other words, it it looked like a. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they had like a lot more architecture and stuff, and all was well the world. People too. Yeah, there were a lot more people, a lot more waterbenders, specifically, and then the Fire
0: Nation. Fire Nation attacked. Yeah. Um. Uh. We first see the Fire Nation it in the form of a black ash snow. Falling from the sky, yeah. Nice throwback like,
1: to, um, yes, like the Siege of the North episodes with the si- mixed with snow signal thing.
0: Mm-hmm. and um, and basically, uh, uh, the firebenders kept on coming and captured the benders so they didn't kill them and they captured them, captured them, captured them again and again and again until. Hama was the only one left, and she couldn't fight back against dozens and dozens of soldiers.
1: Yeah. I liked the kind of long shot take of um, all the benders fighting back, and then they're just slowly dwindling.
0: Yeah. Being stuff. captured, just like ghosted away, mm-hmm. just fading from we get the that-
1: Yeah. We also get that iconic shot of that one Fire Nation ship that was left in book one, episode one, that Katara and Aang check out. Mm -hmm. In this case, the waterbenders took control of it and like created this iceberg thing on top of it. It Yeah,
0: basically grounding the ship.
1: Yeah. So um, Hama is captured
0: and... And and um I don't know if the person in the center is actually Graham Graham, but she looks, she just, looks, like her. <laughs> she looks just like Katara. So it has she to does. be Graham Graham and she is and she is the right age. Right, um, yeah, because
1: this was 60 years ago, so it yes. could be Graham Graham.
0: Yes. That is definitely my head canon.
1: Yeah. I like it. I'd support yeah. it. She does look a lot like Rangeran or just Katara, like an older version of yeah. Katara. Um, yeah, so it's really sad, but that's all the story we get from her for a bit, especially because I mean Sokka, I think, starts prying for more info, like, why Are you well, still in so- the fire nation?
0: Yeah, Sokka asks the right the right question. <laughs> yeah. How did you escape, why didn't you go back? And and mm-hmm. and and Hama just says, "It is too painful to, to say more," and ah, uh, hate it.
1: Yeah, she's good. Bad
0: sign.
1: <laughs> mm, yep, yeah, bad. So Hama is very excited to have met another Southern Water Tribe waterbender and really wants to teach Katara the waterbending skills that she knows. And Katara yeah. is absolutely elated.
0: Yeah. So um. So um. Katara was was the last waterbender in the South Pole. Uh uh she, she taught herself everything she knew until she left. There was nothing left of like southern bending heritage. This is Hama is basically the only one left alive that can really tell her any any differences that can really teach her anything about like the southern version of bending where um where um i must emphasize uh even in the flashbacks the southern waterbenders uh women and and men yeah waterbend offensively it didn't seem like the women were kind of relegated to healing.
1: healing and stuff
0: yeah, yeah. Which, like that might be because like the Fire Nation kept on coming to attack them, but it seemed like there wasn't a lot of opposition. Mm-hmm. And
1: um you know, like I guess it's just another indicator of not only does the is the Fire Nation content to wipe out parts of their own history in order to preserve their war prop- propaganda that they want to push, but they have certainly no qualms destroying other people's cultures, and just by capturing all the waterbenders, you've just wiped out an entire chunk of uh, southern waterbending culture altogether.
0: Yeah. So, it, uh, they they basically crippled a entire nation. So, um, so um, in every single in every single nation. Uh, the benders seem to be the center of enterprise they seem to be this the center of just innovation and just commerce and they seem to be the ones that are like helping helping the nation the most at least like obviously with with just progress so 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 without waterbenders, I mean, the reason why the reason why the Southern Water Tribe infra- infrastructure w- is probably a lot less grandiose, a lot less refined than the Northern Water Tribe is just because they don't have water waterbenders to maintain it and and like to make the like ice houses that mm-hmm. they have up north. I mean imagine a bender making a set of stairs versus someone trying to chisel it by hand yeah totally so yeah, it's not sad. to mention fishing and not to mention uh healing and not to mention just just like if someone falls and in, falls into the water make, make making sure that all of the water is just leached from them as quick as possible so 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 that they don't get hypothermia it it probably had extremely detrimental long-lasting effects that that couldn't even be fathomed just just all of those nuances which is sad
1: yeah so at this point the gang kind of splits up and katara goes to learn the ways of the southern southern water tribe waterbender with hama while Sokka, Toph, and Aang go try to investigate more about this string of mysterious disappearances. So um, the first thing that Katara learns is how to bend water out of thin air.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we also get some nice throwbacks, again, back to, like, the desert episode and, you know, sweat bending swamp. Yeah,
0: it is showing... Katara's growth as a bender. These are all of the things that she has encountered. This is this is her experience. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, yeah, Hama shows her how to take water out of the air when it's like humid and not dry. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so it's cool. very cool. <laughs> she has an ominous quote where she's like, "You've got to keep an open mind, Katara. There's water in places you don't even think about." Hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not not ominous at all yep so yeah meanwhile cut to Sokka Eng, and Toph who are trying to figure out what's going on they still think it could be a spirit problem Toph oh (laughs) Toph says maybe the moon spirit just turned mean which that's Sokka's not having it um no the moon spirit is a gentle loving lady she rules the sky with compassion and Lunar goodness.
0: Yeah, no. Yue is just a gem. Do not... Yeah. <laughs> do,
1: do, we- do not say anything bad about her or I will deck you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Which um, which I love that. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: That's great. So they get a tip from somebody who's walking by during Sokka's rampage. <laughs> Super awkward. That yeah. there was only one person who... Got who basically escaped whoever their kidnapper was and lived to tell the tale, and that was old man Ding. So yep. they go to talk to him next. Then we cut back to Katara and Hama, and Hama's teaching her how you can take water out of the plants. She says, A quote, and like all plants and all living things, they're filled with water. Hmm, where are we going with this? Yeah.
0: All living things, huh? Not just plants. Yeah, so, um. They are in they are in a field of fire lilies. and um, and uh, when Hama takes out the water from the fire lilies, it is extremely obvious that that they have just instantaneously died. Uh, the, there is an entire circle ar- ar- around her that is that is just black. And the way it's done is so creepy and so awesome uh yeah it is it is like she she is just painting the color away uh and and i and i love what she says after katara gets upset that the flowers died
1: yeah she's Uh, like they're just flowers when you're a waterbender in a strange land you do what you must to survive
0: which is the mm. they're just fire flowers. They're just yeah. fire nation people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just flowers. They're just bodies filled with water. Like yeah. yikes. Um, yeah. So something's off about Hama, and no,
0: oh, no, she's cool. She's fine. Oh, oh you yeah, like, hobby, <laughs> but you know. oh my gosh, I have tiny dolls, so Uh, it's fine
1: yeah so meanwhile back in the mystery investigation (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) Taka Taka oh my god is that their ship name Uh, Uh, Taka Taka yeah so Taf, Sokka and Aang go to visit old man Ding right when it's starting to get dark out and question him about the time where he was almost kidnapped and dragged into a mountain (laughs) and yeah, so he talked about how he felt like he was being pulled there, like, in a trance by some invisible entity, and he couldn't move his arms or legs. And then all of a sudden, the moon went behind a cloud, and he got control of himself again, he ran the fuck out of there <laughs> before he was well, about um, to get dragged in well, that mountain.
0: Not even that the moon went behind a cloud, it was that the sun started to rise.
1: Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Yep. But either way, he got out. I gotta wonder, though, like, did he not report... What he saw. I mean, clearly, no people know that he survived. But like,
0: did he tell nobody? I, I don't think people trust old man Ding. they call him <laughs> old, old man.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair.
0: Because
1: yeah. I'd be like, okay, here's this mountain I was almost dragged to.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. There's there's Look around the mountain and find the obvious cave. Yeah,
1: like I don't know. Just all it takes is one investigation. Um. So, yeah, they're, they're concerned, and, but they managed to find out from old Manding where this mountain is at. And, and, and Toph remembers that yeah. she heard people screaming. <laughs> yeah. <under the> mountain. <laughs> it's like, oh, I wasn't dreaming that. Yep, that was actually a thing. So, so it
0: seems extremely credible. Yeah. And, so they go to that mountain. And I find it kind of suspect that it took them this long to go back to the mountain, right?
1: Screaming, you, right, you'd think that would be the first place they would go if they're trying to investigate something like this. And Toph is hearing voices in the mountain, <laughs> straight up in yeah. the uh, area Spirit. that they were at. Yeah, yeah it's
0: they're screaming underneath the mountain, the mountains upset. We yeah. should go to the mountain. Let's go. Yep, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so then we. <laughs> We cut back to Hama
1: and Katara. It's a bit creepier these days. The full moon is out in full view. Yeah. And so, Hama's um, so now so she's um, never before they actually alive.
0: go out during the full moon, I I love that. Like Katara is so so oblivious that that like um, Hama's like yes, uh, wait until the full moon tonight and and. And I will show you the ultimate power of a waterbender. And Katara's like, oh, but there's been a lot of disappearances under oh, yeah. the full moon. Will we be okay? And Thomas just like, yeah, I mean, we're both, we're both masters. Also, I'm the one doing it. So you'll yeah. we'll be fine.
1: Like, Katara, come on.
0: <laughs> you can do it.
1: But uh, yeah. So it's I full think- moon time. And
0: well, yeah. I think that Katara is just actively being being um, oblivious because she wants this to work out. This, yeah, is, I mean, she's the only Southern person that like she has met that is a yeah, She she wants this to work. And, you know, I think she like she wants to believe the, the best in people. That's
1: just kind of her character. Like this isn't yeah, the first time she's like think about her and how she fell for Jet and like despite. Saka and everyone telling her Jets
0: <laughs> kind of
1: messed up. Like
0: well yeah. um, um, Tara also also sticks with her with with her first impression a lot of the time and she's very stubborn. It is very hard to, mm-hmm. to to make her think differently. When she has evidence, she is all for it. She will not ignore that evidence, but it's but it's hard to sway her
1: yeah but once her trust is betrayed like nice. Zika, yeah, watch, look out yeah, <laughs> um, look out, Zika. Look yeah. Out. <laughs> yep so they're in the middle of the woods during the full moon Hama is at her peak creepiness levels oh um, my god the, yeah she's like The moon makes us so much more powerful and I've never felt more alive as her veins are like pulsing out of her arms. (laughs) Can you feel the power the full moon brings? Yeah, (laughs) like, gross. Um, Yeah, so I I wonder how many people were starting to put two and two together that maybe Hama's (laughs) uh,
0: creepy. Okay, so um, yet again, if Scooby-Doo taught me anything, uh, the person doing this is either Hama or Old Man Ding? Yeah,
1: There's it's probably Hama because, like with Scooby Doo, the, the culprit's always the person you meet in the first act, who yeah, usually the person who like assigns the, the mission in the first place. Yeah,
0: the innkeeper. It's,
1: uh-huh. it's like the innkeeper. Yeah, so here comes Hama <laughs> out of the blue in the middle of the woods. Yeah, not creepy at all. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. I also, I got to say, good moonlighting in the last third of this episode. The ambiance of this last third of the episode is great. It's just like the moon is the main light source. The rest of it's just kind of gray and dreary and macabre looking. It's, it's cool. So meanwhile, the, gang, the rest of the gang discovers this mountain. They go in and they find the people who have been captured and imprisoned within the mountain. And I got to know, how long have these people been here? Does
0: Hama feed them? Uh, Hama is... Hama's been feeding them and giving them water because I think uh, we find out later just like the extent that the Fire Nation tortured her. But basically uh, uh, they just kept people chained up separately in cages, suspended in 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 terrible circumstances and fed them enough and gave them enough water for them to live forever.
1: Yeah, so, and I mean, on the one hand...
0: For them to die.
1: Yeah, so, like, on the one hand, I think Nickelodeon was probably like, okay, we can't <laughs> imply that this woman has, like, killed all these people. But on the other hand, uh, I guess it would make sense for Hama if she thinks that this... Um, imprisonment is technically a face a fate worse than
0: death so i mean i think i definitely think it is so um so um later on hama talks about how um she was she was imprisoned for decades and she could actually feel what those decades were because every single month she would feel the full moon so I trust her not to exaggerate how long she was in she she was imprisoned, but I but I must assume that she has been doing this for a while. And once a town starts starts to get suspicious, she leaves the people there and moves to another town and does the same thing. Yeah, maybe. So yeah but the
1: people who were trapped there are talking about who who did it it's and, a witch yeah it's a witch and uh one of the people is like yeah she may seem harmless but she controls people like some dark puppet master all the credits
0: <laughs> and, <Sokka's laughs> and then like, like wait the name Pussy of the puppet. episode <laughs> yeah
1: yeah the name of the episode creepy puppets in the cabinet
0: <laughs> wait a second <laughs> oh, yeah, no. that meme with like all of the math in someone's head yeah <laughs> basically
1: that's what this is yeah so yeah they try to rush to where guitar is at because they're probably thinking, oh crap, she's in danger because she's with Hama right now.
0: Yeah, and I do uh, like that
1: they reveal that Hama is the culprit before the blood bending reveal specifically. Because then all the yes. questions that are left at this point is like, how did she do it? And if you're a 12, 13 year old, like the intended you audience, you don't know, you don't know, like what I mean, <laughs> you might have been thinking maybe bloodbending of some sort, like at least during this episode, but like. Chances are you probably weren't. At least if you were me, I was not thinking about it. So
0: <laughs> No, I mean, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking between, between that reveal and then the blood bending reveal because it's within like two or three minutes. But but there are other options that it that it could have been. Maybe there is some like water bending thing where like instead of healing, you like take over someone's mind. Maybe mm-hmm. you are doing like, maybe it is like a killgrave type of thing where yeah. like you are, you you um you can force someone with your words. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of creepy options and somehow they picked the creepiest. Yep, they
1: did. Good job. So cutting back to Katara and Hama. And there is
0: Black show. Cat Owl. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and I love this panning shot that we get of them and like the moon uh, yeah with them with the moon and the camera is like facing Katara and Hama is facing the
0: moon as leaves are falling and stuff it's a good shot it's it's beautiful and it is suspenseful creepy and somber
1: yeah so Hama proceeds to fill in the blanks with the rest of her backstory that she (laughs) feigned uh to Traumatized to answer initially when Sokka asked these questions, <laughs> so uh, she talks about how during her imprisonment it was horrible. Fire Nation forbid them to fire, to water bend and stuff, and like it was really bad. And she didn't think there was any way out. And then she discovers, oh wait a minute, there's water and like living creatures. So uh, she practiced this new thing called blood bending with all the rats that existed in the prison. And, yeah, and then she realized she could transfer that skill over to the uh, the guards and stuff. So she manages to bloodbend her way out after years perfecting the skill. So she could have been in prison for a lot of years.
0: He, yeah, she, she says after that that that's the first time that, that she walked free in decades. Oh, yeah. It took her years to Thanks. develop bloodbending. And 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 during this rewatch, so um this this isn't a episode that I always go back to to rewatch, um, just because it's sad. Um, yeah. <laughs> the ending's kind of sad for me. Uh, um yeah. uh, you see like Katara being hurt a lot by mm-hmm. this by this reveal and just Having to take away someone's agency, having to take away someone's body from them, um, but in but in this rewatch, I realized why the Fire Nation kept them alive and didn't kill them. So uh, so this might be obvious to you guys because it took me four or five re rewatches to get it, but um but um. Uh, the reason why they are like pumping in the dry air. The reason why they are keeping all of them separated in these just suspended cages in the air. The reason why they take all all of these terrible terrible mitigations to make sure that they that they can give them water and feed them, and so that they all stay alive. And they all don't die, even though it would be easier for the Fire Nation to just kill them all, is because they are capturing every single waterbender that they can. Because if all of the airbenders are dead, the next avatar comes from the water tribe. Oh, I'm an idiot. I know, me too.
1: But they, even then, no, no, no. But that can't be it, though, right? Because it's like that's the only see, thing that makes sense. I guess so, but like, because I feel like non-bending parents can give birth to a bending child, though. Like Katara,
0: Katara is the product mm-hmm. of two non-bending people. But they're just taking every single bender they find. It doesn't it it doesn't matter about the age later on w- when the fire nation finds out that there is another bender in the southern water tribe or um, you know what wait because ah. th- actually oh. at this point
1: you know at this point in time that was 60 years ago they didn't know Aang was still alive so yeah no. maybe they did assume that there was uh, the avatar amongst like the water benders
0: oh i'm yeah, thinking bas- yeah basically if all of the Arab Benders are dead, the the next nation would be the water tribe and they and they can't attack the northern water tribe just because they are too strong. so they're basically hedging their bets and just dismantling the Southern water tribe taking all of the benders that they can away. Um, and and it also makes sense why they would come back to To try to take away Katara and then spoiler uh, end up taking her mom after she pretends to to be the last bender because any any water tribe bender could possibly be the avatar if the yeah. avatar is still alive
1: that's true I didn't think of that that makes so much sense
0: yeah that uh. in- that is the only thing that i can just rationalize it because because other other than
1: the fact that nickelodeon's like we can't have you do more genocide on the show
0: well <laughs> well okay otherwise it's it is just unconscionable evil to make people suffer in in cages for decades mm-hmm. to, be, to to, to be bound and tied up multiple times a day to be given water which you need to live to be given barely enough water to live because chances are they they like didn't give them enough to actually be hydrated just enough for their bodies to barely function but they kept them alive and they and they kept Hama alive for decades and I don't fault her for escaping and i and i don't no. fault her for not saving everyone else there too because one maybe she was the last one alive she was the last one captured if you are kept like that for decades you cannot be in good health you she she might not have had anyone to save one and two you you can't expect her to be a martyr in that situation and try to save everyone when she had one chance to leave. Yeah. I I find like, it...
1: I don't condemn her actions in that scenario, in that particular
0: I scenario. Do, yes, I do not condemn them in that moment, but I do condemn her choices later. Well, sure. Um, where but, she goes to to harm people that like didn't have anything actually like to do with it because like as we see later everyone in the fire nation is an evil um and Mm -hmm. and and also that she chose vengeance over her family she she like chose vengeance over going back to the southern water tribe and maybe she didn't feel safe to go back you know but then she could have went to the Northern Water Tribe. I don't know. It she like she she chose vengeance over everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, either way, she comes out of it with a very skewed view of living creatures. I mean, she basically dehumanizes everything, notably in her language. Like she
0: Everything's well, water sacks.
1: Yeah. Like she and I quote, she says, rats were nothing more than skins filled with liquid and she refers to like uh, she was like once she mastered the rats she was ready for the men it's there's just kind of like this detachment between living creatures like she says just flowers and like she refers she says bodies a lot not like people people (laughs) yeah
0: also that is the way that she was treated she was treated like a object yeah like like and
1: you you understand where it comes from but at the same time it's like okay she's clearly been or her worldview has clearly been skewed because of her trauma which on the one hand is like you again you understand it but it leads her to do things that she feels justified in doing that are incorrect
0: yeah you you can understand something without condoning it Yeah. Um, and and um and i'm with this i want to emphasize how amazing the avatar writers are that that we get all of that like all of that mix of torture and and what that does to a person and what that person does afterwards and that like nuance of terrible things happen to you but you shouldn't take it out on people that didn't do it Yeah, in like Like, 10 minutes in this uh episode. And it's done beautifully. Yeah. Like
1: this is a great episode in part because Hama is kind of a a foil to Katara and that like, she's very similar to Jet. Cause like Jet, they both use their trauma as an excuse to justify revenge and to harm innocent people who just yeah. happen to exist within a group that's done her
0: harm. Yeah, they are they are victims. So so, so they feel that it's right that they victimize others that that are just associated with the with those people. They are not it isn't like she is killing every single Fire Nation soldier she sees. She's killing random people in a village. And like yet to get head definitely definitely headcanon but like she has she has done this before this isn't th- this isn't new she yeah. is attacking people that that are peripheral that didn't do anything the mm-hmm. same with Jet, who is going to drown a whole a, a, a whole village full of people that didn't do anything to hurt some of the people there
1: yeah Oh, as an aside, I would like to say uh, her trauma also turned her into the girl from The Ring <laughs>
0: because her
1: hair all yeah. her face. <laughs> but yeah, so Katara is definitely haunted by this story and the bloodbending thing. And Katara doesn't really want that power because that seems like a bit of a violation on just, you know, human human agency or you're taking away somebody's agency. And... Hama responds with, the choice is not yours. The power exists and it's your duty to use the gifts you've been given to win this war. I like this quote because in a way, she's not wrong. She's right. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's coming from a place where you I mean, usually get it.
0: But she's right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like you've been gifted with these powers. So, like, why wouldn't you use them to protect the the things that you care about. Obviously, she's skewing that quote for her own uh goals that are not just, but <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it is it is basically Aang's entire problem yeah. during the during a uh, during um, the finale where mm-hmm. uh where uh, I can solve this one way. But, but that is crossing a line that I morally do not want to cross. Yeah, uh, it is. Should I continue along this path? Should I kill? Should I take away someone's agency? Because personally, I, I I don't know if Katara really has a problem with with um killing, uh. But she definitely has a problem with like taking away someone's agency. Some- Yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, someone's agency, someone's mobility, someone's someone's choice. Yeah, and um, and like, what is what is that line? Because she is fine taking like water away from plants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a line where it becomes it 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 becomes
1: Yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of a recurring theme throughout the show in general about you have all these different characters who have lost some aspect of their culture and uh, be it their like direct family or their entire tribe or like, you know, Ang's like whole people were completely wiped out and genocided and stuff. Yeah. And then the question becomes how much do you preserve your culture? or, Or not so much that, like when it comes to preserving your culture, which is understandable when if ever is there a time where you may need to go against it, in order to do something, whether it's because of the greater good or because the stakes demand it, or something like that, like it comes up a lot. Like I, I think of um, the epi- uh, what the Northern Air Temple episode, yeah. where Ang's conflicted by these people who have, in his mind, like kind of desecrated a bit of his leftover culture and stuff and like you totally understand where he's coming from and that perspective and then on the other hand the other debate is well these people also had nowhere to go and have sort of adapted it so that they could survive as well so like you know it's it's really tricky and in a way yeah they get, did kind of appropriate some of his culture yeah but um
0: it is a yeah, it's just of- like a line yeah it- it's a thing of nuance and sacrifice and selfishness mixed together mm-hmm. in just, like, some proportion uh, where uh, where it makes these types of things difficult. Where, like, Aang is, Aang is justified in feeling that loss, feeling like his people uh, are being forgotten, are being taken over by these other people but it's also good that these other people are celebrating what they have what they have done but there's also that line of when does when does celebration be like start wiping out the previous effects like yeah
1: cuz then when there's also do we
0: start putting fire nation emblems in, in our air nation temple you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, because then there's other cases where the over excessive trying to maintain tradition and culture is has negative impact on people, like in the Northern Water tribe, how it oppresses women and yep. just anyone who exists outside the the box of tradition. And then all the way up to the finale where you know Aang is wanting to.
0: Ang is a pacifist. Stay true.
1: Yeah, he's a pacifist, and that's part of what he was taught, as part of his culture and stuff. And like, but at the same time, he has to make the choice for of trying to somehow maintain that culture at the cost of the greater good, potentially, or or what? Like, it's an it's an interesting debate because <laughs> it's like, especially like when since we live in a world where it's like you know, culture is so important and just historically culture has been taken away from a lot of different groups and stuff in a lot of horrible ways. It's really, yeah, it's a really fine line of, um, yeah, you really want to preserve that culture that is left and hasn't been taken away. And at the same time, there's also, like, when is it, when is it a bad thing, I guess?
0: It isn't. For me this isn't just culture but it is preserving your own morality it is preserving your own sense of self in the face of other people that have differing views so like um uh it might be better for the whole for for just katara to bloodbend people whenever it is the full moon yeah. it might be better for the cause it might be better for everyone but her because it might destroy her the same with ang it 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 might have been better for him to have been more aggressive to have killing be be just put on the table but it wouldn't be better for him and it is that like that sense of duty to to your cause the sense of duty to your culture, to your people, but also the, your, your, your own individual morals, your own sense of, sense of self. And when does that become selfish? When does Mm -hmm. trying to keep your own values be selfish?
1: Yeah. Or even just, the whole Bossing Say arc, like their justification for keeping everybody in the dark was so that they can maintain this quote culture that is already oppressive to anyone who is not rich and powerful. So, <laughs> very <laughs> <yeah>. rich. Uh huh. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's really interesting. But anyway, back to the issue at hand. Guitar is not too jazzed about bloodbending but she's finally able to piece together that, wait a minute, Hama is the one responsible for kidnapping all those people and sending them to the mount- to the mountain. Uh, Katara and, knew.
0: I think Katara she, yeah. She knew.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think she kind of knew or had an inkling, at least with the puppets. I mean, she had to justify that. Well, it's a hobby.
0: Yeah, it's creepy that she has all okay. those just in a closet. That's but, because someone has a bunch of like a bunch of china dolls above their bed it doesn't mean that they are creepy yeah but that's the thing though though.
1: these puppets weren't above her bed they were shoved in a closet if they were your hobby and your passion you'd hang them up somewhere right or you stick them on a shelf (laughs) why were they just shoved in a closet as if you didn't want anybody to see them Oh,
0: um um listener i don't actually have the china dolls anymore they are at my parents <laughs> house don't worry <laughs> if you were like concerned oh, um, uh, about me getting murdered by, uh, by a by like annabelle doll don't worry i'm fine good okay
1: yeah so uh katara calls hama out on her being the kidnapper as she should I- yeah, and Hama proceeds to bloodbend Katara, and it's creepy. They managed to make this bloodbending technique super creepy, which is like, the jerky and erratic movements that you make. And, like, lots of fingertip action, it seems. Just, like, I don't know. Like, it just, it makes it really disturbing. And on top of just the fact that you're no longer in control of your body. But... <laughs>
0: There is a lot of fingertip action because she was practicing on puppets, and the way that you control puppets yeah, like, it is it's kind of like controlling a puppet, the hands and like yeah, runets. with like the
1: traditional um marionettes with the yeah. the strings and and like the wooden cross thing yeah, it's like your hands are kind of in that position anyway. It's creepy, yeah. So, um, yeah, not great <laughs> for Katara, but then Katara finds the strength being the badass waterbender that she is to resist the uh, her control and is able to start fighting Hama and uh, realizes that Hama no longer has control and power
0: over her. Katara is a true master. So as so as we said, it took Hama Decades, yeah, to escape. Not saying that someone that is kept barely alive has like the same, like stamina right? Yeah, as, like, or just someone. like mental
1: fortitude.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like totally, totally not saying that. But Katara picks up all of these techniques in moments. Mm-hmm. You do not uh, see her fail. She is she she is a real master that can do anything possible with water
1: yeah and again like this is like peak creepiness for avatar honestly like so especially like i think for most people but especially in like traditional like western individualistic cultures like there is something very unsettling about Having control. losing your free will and the ability to make your own choice and being controlled by something else so like you mentioned Kilgrave earlier it's part of why Kilgrave is an excellent villain and jessica jones because like it's uncomfortable
0: <laughs> you have no say in what somebody's asking you to do <laughs> in harry potter one of the one of the unforgivable curses the imperious curse okay. um- uh, allows someone to control you in western cultures and and, and and like probably eastern cultures too although i'm not as familiar with that specifically yeah we're just speaking from, we're
1: from the west so yeah we're just speaking in terms of western cultures you know, um,
0: spe- specifically concerning horror movies western cultures really like to focus on possession and to yeah. focus on um losing periods of time focus on um uh, not not remembering doing something. It is mm-hmm. it is being controlled outside of yourself being being the scariest thing.
1: Yeah, so it's creepy. And yeah, so then Katara proceeds to fight Hama in an awesome, well-lit, oh, so cool. staged, waterbending fight. Really good. Again, the moon is the main source of light in these scenes and then there's just like most of the backgrounds are gray but then the water is just like a stark blue which contrasts really well with that backdrop it's great the water
0: looks like it's glowing and and it is really really interesting because um throughout this fight you see them using every single source of water they they can. So as they are fighting Katara pulls water from the grass. Uh, uh they are pulling mm. water from from trees from trees so fast and fully that they dismantle the trees into just shrapnel.
1: Yeah, it's so cool. It's a really cool fight. And like the shrapnel it looks like just kind of like these black shards almost just given the lighting in this
0: Yeah, and there is Uh, no give, there is no stop, and there is no, like, everything is just masterful and very instantaneous. mm
1: -hmm. Oh, one thing I forgot to point out, uh, when Katara starts to resist Hama's bloodbending, uh, there's this great shot of the moon. Behind her? Like, Yeah, the moon's behind her, and then it transitions to Katara's face. It's kind of like Katara's one with the moon or something like that. It's cool.
0: You know, uh know uh, katara's katara's crying and then you see like the moon behind her like a crown and yeah. and uh headcanon but i but i want to think that the that like not to like discount katara but i but i want ua as the moon spirit. To be giving Katara. Like extra moon <laughs> energy. Right. Being mean like. You mean- yes. Mean- lunar yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So she's in this fight. And she's using a lot of. What Hama taught her like. Yesterday or like earlier this morning. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes uh- ago. And in comes. Sokka and Aang Toph stay behind to free the rest of the people in the mountain. So Sokka and Aang try to help Katara out but they end up being controlled by the bloodbending and Hama forces them to try to attack Katara. Katara is trying to attack Hama but at the same time also trying to avoid (laughs) Aang and Sokka. She ends up like freezing both of them Training them. Yeah, she ends up restraining them to trees. And it's so funny. She's like, I'm sorry, Aang. And he's like,
0: it's okay. It's okay. I love that part. I don't know why.
1: It's so cute. It's just, he's so it's chill about like,
0: it. That's like, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: so, yeah, really resisting. It looks like she's winning. then all of a sudden, Hama's like, all right, well, can you stop your friends from hurting each other, though? So then she gets... She bloodbends Aang and Sokka to try to attack each other. And, and...
0: Sokka's sword is, sword, sword is out to just pierce Aang.
1: Yeah. And Katara, on instinct, just has to stop it by bloodbending Hama.
0: Which, Katara's smart. Katara's very smart. I mean, imagine you are in that position. Would mm-hmm. you have the this, this skill Uh. The mastery and and just the thought of I'm not going to try to separate them. I'm not going to try to put a like ice block between them. I am I am going to attack at the source.
1: Yeah, but again, it it, it kind of drives home Hama's point about using the gifts that you've been given to win the quote war. Or in this case, like it was a guitar. It was a necessity for a guitar to use that power in order to protect the one she cares about. <laughs>
0: And in this case, it is her friends or her morals, and it's and it's a terrible choice, and we see that that is a terrible choice later.
1: Yeah, and that sucks because in a way, Hama ultimately wins because I mean, I mean, she's day, very happy
0: she won. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like,
1: congratulations, Katara, you're a bloodbender. Um, Yeah, because just after she does that, Toph comes back with the rest of the townspeople and they arrest Hama. And, yeah, I mean, she's smiling all the way home, though, because at the end of the day, she did what she set out to do, which was to pass the rest of her traditions on to Katara, whether she wanted them or not.
0: Hama's old. Hama lived a long life, and this is her passing on her tradition. This is her making sure that her techniques can be continually used against the Fire Nation. Yeah, and again, and it's just, they do. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just a question of like
1: which pieces of a culture or tradition should be left behind because, like, something is creep, creepy as bloodbending, or like you know, there's also the question of you
0: is know maybe you should be aware of, of it. Culture?
1: Yeah, or like should I mean that it's that's tricky part of their
0: culture, but, but it is it is just something that this one person taught. True. I, but it's but but it's also like what's what skills should we not use i mean uh not to get very very dark but like the nazis did terrible terrible experimentation on 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 people for years and years and years and yet a lot of that experimentation was like the first instances I'm looking at genetics, the first instances, I, I, I like really perfecting vaccines, where you're doing terrible, terrible harm that is morally reprehensible and just evil. But but if it helps people peripherally, is it worth the moral stain on you? Is it worth your soul? I don't know. Yeah, that, it's... That, 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 that might not be a, a a like direct equivalent but it's but it's the same problem that Aang has with, with with maybe killing Ozai where it's killing Ozai is the most straightforward possible thing that he that he could do but is the eventual good for 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 everyone else worth the moral stain on him. Is Katara bloodbending someone to get a quick victory to get what she wants worth taking away their agency, taking away their movement? And and also you see in you see in everyone's face when they are first bloodbended, the sheer terror, the absolute terror that they feel when when that happens that is them being being controlled by something else like and and that's a different type of control than than just icing someone to a wall you you know yeah and i and i think that hama is is able to separate Herself so 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 much from from just the sheer terror of that, the sheer like moral reprehensibility of that, because she was controlled for decades. She was forced to live like like a rat in a in a cage for decades, where she sees all of this as just desserts, as just as just retribution
1: yep so it's sad um it ends with katara crying as the full moon is out in full view so a very bittersweet ending and it, sadly that is not the last time <laughs> that we katara will see blood well yeah <laughs> but it is not the last time we will see bloodbending in action and yeah. it's also not the last time we will see bloodbending in action from Katara, <laughs> specifically.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know how much bloodbending is used late, like, um, like um, in Korra, but, but, but I have to say that the way that Katara uses it, it, it's a last resort, and it's when she's outside of herself in anger and grief when she isn't making rational decisions when she feels powerless and is trying so hard to take away power and like to make herself feel bigger compared to someone else and and it makes sense when she when she uses it and i and I really like the way that she reacts to to that just realization that she did it. After it makes yeah. this serious. It isn't just this is a cool new new trick. This isn't metal bending. Metal bending is cool. Blood bending scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But overall, uh, this is a solid episode. Great guitarist and trick episode. It's disturbing. It's it expands the world and specifically shows a darker side of bending that we haven't really seen before now,
0: which which definitely makes makes water bending the the best bending.
1: I, I know, really, it kind of, in a lot of ways, it kind of just solidifies water bending stance as like the I most mean, OP. Like, even
0: <laughs> before, with uh, let's say that like you just had offensive, defensive, plus healing already best bending and now you are adding bodily control yeah yeah
1: yeah. water bending is ridiculous um yeah just good solid overall episode and if not a bit depressing at the end but luckily it gets a bit more on the lighter side next episode which is book three chapter nine nightmares and daydreams
0: ah exciting which uh, which uh it sound it sounds like nightmares and daydreams but it's mostly funny funny daydreams yeah it's
1: it, yeah or it's funny nightmares <laughs> with funny daydreams oh.
0: yes <laughs> funny nightmares for us mm-hmm.
1: yeah not so much brain, but the rest
0: of us is fine. Oh, they are hilarious.
1: Yeah, and then more I Zuko. Forgot angst. to do <laughs> No, <laughs> and it's been like a whole two episodes since we saw Zuko, so we need more Zuko I, angst.
0: I still mentioned him though. Did, oh, did you mention him? When did you? Yes. Mention him? <laughs> oh, um, I mentioned him when, like, um, when, like, um, Katara sticks with her first impression of people, oh, and yeah, it takes yeah. a while yeah. to. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, to get away from it. So, yep. so we'll be back with more full-on Zuko angst because it's been a whole two episodes yeah. where uh, we've actually had an excuse to chat about it. <laughs> this
0: is this is the type of episode though that makes Avatar so wonderful that they that that they can talk about such nuanced adult topics that, like Leslie and I, a decade later can go back and really really delve into but that us as like 12 13 year olds were fine watching picked up everything everything still and and got maybe not the like the like worldliness horror of what is going on but like under but like understood everything and they are giving that to us in a like succinct 23 minutes Mm-hmm. Avatar's wonderful.
1: Yeah. Awesome show as always. Yep. So, until next time, stay flaming.